Hello, 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 good people. How's everyone doing tonight? Welcome to a new episode of He Said, He Said, He Said, a look at the world from a seasoned Black man's perspective. I'm Alvin King, and welcome to our show tonight. Um, I hope everybody's doing well, and uh, you kind of survived Valentine's Day, if you will, because we did our best last week with Chef Cottrell um, to give you all some tasty aphrodisiac uh, tips. And uh, we did get some calls about it, so I hope everything turned out well for everybody. Um, this is Friday, February the 18th, and we are so, so excited about this show tonight uh, because we have the author of the powerful new book, The Master's Plan, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Arthur Dwayne Vernon has created an unprecedented, powerful, and thought-provoking portrayal of storytelling in our history. He has courageously written a novel that LGBTQ men and women have always been a part of our history during slavery, enduring many challenges our ancestors faced during those times, and yet we're still able to form lasting, loving, and caring relationships. He is here, and we are so, so, so excited about that. Um, also, Dwayne has graciously helped us with our first giveaway, ladies and gentlemen. Dwayne is giving away five of his autographed um, copies of his book. And we're going to tell you again later on, but we're going to tell those of those of you who have joined already. Hey, Monica. Hey, Blue. Hey, Joseph. Um, in order to get an autographed copy of Dwayne's book, we would like you, our viewers, please go to he said, he said, he said live at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put in the master's plan and provide your name and address, and you will get an autographed copy of the book shipped to you, if you're one of the winners, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but please do that, and we will announce this later on um, tonight. And next week, Vernon has even decided to possibly make a guest appearance on our anniversary show to announce the lucky winners, ladies and gentlemen. So please, please, please get the book. The book is amazing. Um, I, I can't tell you any more about it than what you're going to learn tonight on the show. But without further ado, let me bring in my co-host for the night, Mr. Nigel Ashford and Mr. Vosh Bodhi. How are you guys doing? Hey, Alvin. Why, hey, did, Alvin. You say, why did you say survive Valentine's Day, Alvin? I thought you would have said enjoy. Well, I said survive it because, you know, so much is made around Valentine's Day when love should be in the air every single day. Why should it just be one day? Gotcha, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? You see behind me, you see, you see these flowers? These are lasting from Valentine's Day, okay? Wow. From, from a significant other or for, from you, from yourself to yourself? I would not send myself flowers, <laughs> Nigel. I would not send myself flowers, Nigel. And that's the answer to that question. So you're um, not going to give a shout out to the person who gave yeah. you those flowers? Thank no, you, no, 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 no. It, it is definitely, definitely, definitely from somebody very special. And the flowers came. And, and again, if you follow me on Facebook, you know I was surprised when they showed up at my door. And I was just like, what is going on? So it was a very special uh, moment. And they're, they're behind me. Yes, a very special person. Thank you, Nigel. Don't, Nigel, you guys. And, if you're, and if you're watching the person who sent it, just go ahead and comment. And yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, even if you didn't, just take credit. We have a lot of people saying hello to us. We got Monica and Blue. We have Wayne Moody, who's here. Uh, Monica, 
um, Scott Newman, George Pringle, Veronica. I mean, there are people in here who we have not seen before. So welcome, everybody. Well, hey, look, oh my God. Vernon brings out the best of people. Doesn't he though? Yes, he does. Yes, he <laughs> does. Hey, look, how have you guys been doing this week? I know I asked that question. Have you guys been good? Because you got to check in with folk. Are you guys good? Yes, 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 yes. You I are have been good. great. What about you, Vash? Doing all right, bobbing and weaving still. I'm happy that it seems like winter has broken. Two days ago, it was 60, like almost 65 degrees here in Philadelphia. So look, I'm just happy that it is warming up. Well, um, tonight is gonna be even warmer because uh, Dwayne Vernon, and those of you, you guys got the book. Yes. He sent you the book, so you got a chance to read it. Yes. So I, did I not? I told. Did I not tell you the book is amazing? It was it truly. Perfect. It was really, really, really good. And I'm not a historical like reader. I love like magic and sorcery, all that kind of stuff. But that was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, yeah. I knew that it was a good book when I read it because I became some some of the characters. I started talking. The book is written in, in a way where it's using dialect from that era. Mm, and when I started yeah. reading the book like I was like I was there, I said, okay, I'm totally immersed. Okay. I mean, the storyline alone was great, but I actually became each of the characters that that he um had uh had portrayed in the book. And so I just I just loved it. So we are so glad that he is here. And we're going to talk to him in a few minutes. I do have one question for you guys. This is just yes. you know for the catch up. Um, um, I, I, since we're talking about slavery times, um, I just want to talk about Kanye West. Um, since he says slavery, <laughs> slavery was a choice. Um, since you know, I, I want to talk about him and this issue that he has with his um, ex-wife. Uh, well, she's not his ex-wife. He doesn't want her to file single single status. And he won't give her the, the divorce. So what do you think is up with that? First of all, uh, Kanye is exhibiting very extremely toxic behavior, mentally unstable behavior, yeah. uh, behavior that we should condemn as a society of men who do not recognize when they have been rejected by their significant other or spouse and are threatening. I mean, it is, it, it, it's almost criminal behavior. And the fact that he's able to do this and seemingly is protected by his celebrity status is reprehensible in my, in my opinion, and it should not be tolerated. He needs to get over it and move on. He can't be dating someone and then telling his ex or his current wife, whoever Kim is, that she can't be dating. I mean, like that, that it, it's just out of control. It's completely out of control, my two cents. Okay. Nigel, you got anything you want to say about that? I'm sure. I would just say um, <laughs> mental health is real. Um, emotional battle is real. And yeah. I think he's just like Vosh said, he's just one who that, that exhibits those type of um, characteristics and those traits. I think he's just mentally unstable right now. Um, I pray for him and I truly hope that he gets the help that he needs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I've been praying for him for quite a few years. Um, and uh, <laughs> Joseph said, don't hold that up. <laughs> okay, right, right. Just Do go I ahead ever. and say how you really feel, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 
Are you okay? Uh, enough about Kanye. <laughs> are you are you guys ready to bring our special guest onto the uh, the, the uh, stage tonight? <laughs> Can't wait. This yeah. book was amazing. It was a page turner. It's going to be so exciting to talk to Dwayne. All right. Well, um, our special guest, Dwayne Vernon, grew up in Portsmouth, Virginia. After graduating from high school, he joined the United States Navy and completed six years of active duty service. But it was after the military when Dwayne started writing poetry in 1992 that eventually led him to his next chapter of storytelling. His first novel in 2007, My Man, My Boys, was released with great reviews. In June of 2000, uh, 2009, he released a sequel to My Man, My Boys entitled Deception, Lies, and Truth. It was his novel Roman, though, released in 2010, when I got introduced to this powerful author and his writing. And it was after that, right after that, he wrote his fourth and fifth novels, Willful Intent, in 2011 and Vengeance in 2012. But tonight we are here to talk about his book, The Master's Plan, that is just absolutely incredible, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So please welcome to our He Said, He Said, He Said stage tonight, author Dwayne Vernon. Hey! What's up, man? Hey, Dwayne. What's up? I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> You know, welcome I, to I, our stage. Duck, ducking and dodging, you know, staying away from the COVID. <laughs> well, we are, we are so glad that you are here. I've been talking you up and talking you up and talking you up, but I don't think I need to because your work speaks for itself. But um, again, we are so glad to be here. So we're going to get into it. And for our viewers, again, if you have a question for Vernon, we might have a slight delay. But please ask ask away, and we will definitely get get to your question. So, Dwayne, um, yes. I'm gonna I'm just gonna say, okay. what made you tell this story? You know, it's it's so funny. I was laying in bed one night, and I was watching. I'm a big fan of watching Roots. I just love watching mm -hmm. you know those type of stories because I'm I'm so intrigued by our ancestry and what our ancestors went through. And, and I was wondering why they always talked about the white male who was asleep with the black slaves, but they didn't categorize him as gay or anything. It was just a white master that had a, a freaky sex drive, I guess, or whatever. So, um, so I decided, you know what, let me just go ahead and write a story and create uh, people that of, you know, the African-American that was actually gay but still didn't under, really understand what it was. And mm. the master plan was born in six weeks. Uh, before we go too much further, can you give us like a, like how would you describe what this book is about? Well, it deals with uh, Sable, uh, who's a field hand, who's determined and doesn't believe that black people should be property and deserve to be free. Um, he has an encounter with the white master that he doesn't really care for. But then he starts to wonder how would it feel to, to have that same encounter with someone that he really cared about. And that's when Jacob comes along. Now, Jacob is another character who, who, who had a lover and the lover left him to run to freedom. And um, so they were, they were, their lives were just kind of like thrown together. 
Okay. Now, now, Dwayne, you've been writing several mm -hmm. books, mm -hmm. and even uh, Alvin said that you've been writing since 1992. But when did this all originate? When you first put pen to paper, and what made you want to be a writer? Well, um, a lot of readings. When I read a lot of other books, novels, um, gay characters were always stereotyped, mm -hmm. and I couldn't relate to those those characters. So I wanted to see more characters, you know, I wanted to break the stereotypes. So my main reason for writing is to get people to understand that, you know, we are much more than doing hair, you know, mm -hmm. you know wearing dresses. There's so many aspects of uh, the gay life. And I wanted to kind of educate. And because mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that people hate what they don't understand. So maybe yeah. this was a way of of educating them and giving them the opportunity to, to see the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for writing this book and for telling this particular story mm -hmm. in this way about mm -hmm. same-sex relationships and showing mm -hmm. that there has been a history of them for as long as we can possibly remember. What did you find to be the most challenging thing about writing this book? Oh my God, it was, I was afraid that the writing would make people not want to read it because, mm. you know, because of the way they spoke, they couldn't read and they couldn't write. So it was a lot of broken, you know, language. And, and I was so afraid that when people that I can't do it, I can't do it. So what I decided to do, writing the book, I decided when the slaves were actually talking, I would give it that heavy dose of that dialogue. But then when the narrative came, it would be more modern with sprinkles of the language, um, um, you know, put in there. So it was easier, easier, made it easier reading. I so have to tell you, I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to clue people in. There's one word in particular that comes up a lot. Yes. <laughs> I I whenever I read it, I just had to giggle. Uh, it was. Cheerins. Oh, Cheerins. <laughs> so you know, if you actually, think you might know what Cheerins is, you can write right. that in the comments. But uh, you know, is a recurring And you know, there's word. actually an urban dictionary where you can also use that will mm. give you some uh, a lot of the words that they were using back during that time. Really? So yeah, you can yes. just go in and type it in and it'll tell you what word was probably used in slavery? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like so that helped me out a lot. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, that was the joy for me in reading the book. I mean, actually trying to figure out how to say those those words and and stay connected to the book. And you did such a good job at making sure that that happened. Right. And it, it kept me fully engaged from the first page to the last page. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, yeah, that was great. And I agree with Alvin, um, Dwayne. I think it made it more real. I think like the language, cause it just kind of reminded me of almost like B-Boy Blues, how they talk in that slang in 1990s in the New York, like that language brought it to life. How did you do your research in going back in the history? I know you said you had your urban, urban dictionary online, mm -hmm. but how did you do your research in knowing how they spoke and how their terminologies were? Well, I watched a, a lot of the movies uh, back during then because I, I needed to to kind of like, I, I needed their 
terminology to just become real prevalent in my thinking. So, but I think one of the things that really helped me is, you know, back then there wasn't a DC, it was Virginia and they went through Maryland and, and all through on, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's a underground railroad tour uh, here in Maryland. You can reach out to parks and plannings. They had it on the day. So me and one of my book club members, uh, Tony Ricks, took the tour. So it's actually a three-hour tour where you actually you're, you're you can actually see the huts that the slaves lived in. Oh, wow. you can actually walk the path and look at the trees and how they leaned and the different markings on the trees. And I think the thing that's that res really resonated with me was when I looked up at the sky and then I thought a hundred years ago, somebody else was in this spot looking mm. at that same sky. Yeah. And here it is, I'm comfortable, but they're, you know, they probably were fearful and didn't know whether they were going to live. And, you know, so, you know, I think that kind of like really drove me to like really think about uh, what I was writing, what I was attempting to writing, to write and to be more conscious of, you know, like reading like when the slave back in 1865, when that was brought about, how they could go into, you know, the, the, the South and bring back the slaves. And uh, you know, because slaves didn't have rights then. You didn't. Have, you didn't have court. If somebody mm -hmm. came in and said you were theirs, they mm -hmm. could take you right back and just put you right back into um, to slavery. So, um, I, I did a. I did a lot of research in, on that. Well so, done. Yeah. Well, speaking of that research, mm -hmm. you use Philadelphia a lot as that safe space. So how, yeah. Why did that show up in your research? That showed well, up in you... uh, my uh, research. Uh, because one of the, the when they did the slave act, they were there was um, they were coming into Philadelphia and taking the slaves back, so they left and they would go to Canada. So and they were leaving from Canada, you know, by whatever means, train or whatever, to go to Canada, and they created their own little community in Canada. Uh, I want to say it was like Saint Saint Christian or something or whatever. But you know the blacks migrated there and they created their own little community because you were no longer free in the states. And Canada oh, wow. didn't want to get involved. Canada didn't want to get involved. I mean, Canada they were prejudiced as well, but they didn't really they weren't to the fact where they were where they were in the state how they were in the states. So that's mm. why they went to Canada. Oh, wow. Okay. So Vernon, you you mentioned uh, when you were talking about when Vash had asked you to tell us a little bit about the book. Um, you mentioned three characters, uh, Sable, Jacob, and uh, I don't—I don't think Abigail. you mentioned Abigail, but Abigail was was the other main character in the book. Um, mm -hmm. Out of all of them, did you? And there were some other characters in the book, ladies and gentlemen, that you will be connected to. But those were the three main characters. Um, did you? Were any of them one of your favorites, and why? If so, well. Um, Sable, because Sable was very determined to be free. Mm. No matter what people told him not to run, um, uh, he's, you know, whatever obstacles he went through, he was determined it's like man should not be another man's property. So I think that really um, resonated with me when it came to, to Sable. And then 
uh, I think with Jacob. Now, Jacob, his father was white and his mother was black. And, and of course, you know, Jacob was born through, uh, through rape mm -hmm. and his mother was sold. So Jacob was kind of like, he was like caught in the middle because some of the black slaves didn't trust him because he, you know, the green eyes and, you know, he, and he, he, he could read very well. And he spoke, he didn't speak like the other slaves. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I, I liked about uh, Jacob is because he was very vulnerable and it was, he didn't, it didn't bother him to let people see his vulnerability as well as, you know, um, and then when it came to, uh, he would listen to reason mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's like, no matter how people treated him, he wouldn't, uh, he, he wouldn't, that didn't change how he treated other people. Hmm. To Wayne, going off of the topic you just mentioned of being raped back in the day, um, what made you shine light and do research of showing African-American men being raped and used as sexual objects by their white male um, um, slave owners? Years ago, when I thought about this story, years ago, I remember seeing this movie. I mean, and, I, and you only remember this movie depending on, I'm telling my age now. But it was, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Mandingo. I've seen, yes. It's no, Mandingo. I you never seen? No. Every, every, every day. <laughs> in the theaters, actually. Every day I get up. In the story, Mandingo, uh, one of the masters was so mesmerized by Mandingo, he wanted to have, have sex with him, but Mandingo kind of like fought back. And so I just kind of like, you know, that just kind of like said, you know, you can add this to the story, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, that's where the idea, um, uh, I did where the idea came, that's where it came from. Veronica says that she remembers Mandingo. It was a good story. And, and, and we mm -hmm. have some other people that have come on. I don't think that we gave a shout out to them. There's Wayne Moody. I think Wayne is coming in from the West Coast. I think hey, I, I, I've, met, I've met Wayne before. We have Donna Watts. And we and, and, and Vosh just mentioned uh, Veronica. Thank you all for joining the show tonight. Um, we're going to do something that we haven't done with the other authors that we've had on the show. Uh, Dwayne Vernon is actually going to read an excerpt from the book for you all, so he can help you all connect with the book. Uh, Vernon, if you're ready, uh, we are. So let me just put this disclaimer out there. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the show, Let Me See Your Voice. I am not a singer, so I'm putting a disclaimer <laughs> out there. But to kind of set the stage, um, think of uh, Mama Flora. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Soul Food and the Grandmother That Passed Away. Mm -hmm. I call them yes. big mamas and we don't have them anymore. But she's sitting in the uh, she's sitting on the front porch with uh, Sable. Sable's sitting on the uh, floor. Mama Floor is rocking in the uh, um, in a rocking chair, and they're looking at the tree. And then uh, and the big house is like in the middle of the field. So and it's a nice sunny day. So that is the stage. Okay, I'm putting my glasses here. <laughs> and this is uh, again between Mama Floor and Sable. Wait in the water, wait in the water, children, wait in the water, 
God's gonna trouble the waters. God's gonna trouble the waters. Mama Flora sang as she rocked back and forth in a rocking chair. I sat on the step of Mama Flora's porch close to her, listening to her as she sang the lyrics over and over. God's gonna trouble the waters. Yes, Lord, Mama Flora said quietly. Mama Flora, how you come to learn that song? I would hear it all the time when I was a little girl. I heard people sing it so much, it just stuck with me. You know, boy, when I heard, when I learned that it was a song to freedom, I just had to learn all the words and I taught it to you. Mama Flora, why come you never run? Child, I don't know. I reckon that old white man there put the fear in me so bad that I just never mustered up the courage to try. I don't know if I could handle being tied to no tree. She paused for a moment and continued. The days are starting to get longer and the sun is higher each noontime. It's time for you to start your journey. I was gonna miss you, Mama Flora. You're the only mama I knows since the white man killed mines. Mama Flora gonna miss you too, child. She pointed her old stubby finger. You see that old tree up yonder? Yes, ma'am, I see it. Master Williams tied one of my youngins to that tree before you got here. He beat my child pretty bad. He wouldn't even let me tend to him after he was done beating him. After he beat that old man, untied him and turned him on his stomach and he throw salt on his wounds to punish him more. I cried so hard that day and prayed to God to take the hate that I felt for him away from me. Seeing your child being hurt and not being able to stop the pain just makes you feel so hopeless. What he do that for? Master Williams had a son and he gave my Benjamin to him as a toy. That child would ride my Benjamin like he was a horse or something. My Benjamin didn't like it and pushed him off one day. That child was mad. He ran up to the house and told Master William that my Benjamin threw him to the ground. Mama Flora stopped talking for a minute and looked up in the sky with her tired eyes. She looked back at me and finished saying what she had to say. As I was out in the field that day, my boy comes to run into me, but before he got the chance to tell me what happened, then white man come down and it took him over to that tree. What happened to Benjamin, Mama Floor? I dragged my beaten child here and took him in the house and tended to him till he got better. When he got better, Master Williams came and said he needed Benjamin to help him in town. I didn't think anything of it. When Master Williams came back, he came back without my Benjamin. He sold my baby and I've never seen or heard from him again. Whatever happened to Master Williams' child? That little boy fell down some steps and died right there in that old house. Master Williams was so hurt, but on that day he learned how I was feeling when he took my Benjamin. You think you might ever see him again, Mama Flora? I don't know. That's been so many long years ago. Mama Flora getting old and tired and ready to rest, Mama Flora continued. A year or two after that, you come along and I took you under me. You were a sad child and you wouldn't smile, play with the other youngest or nothing. She smiled as she reached across and softly rubbed the side of his face with her rough, hardworking hands. But Mama Flora changed that. I looked over to, 
I looked over to the tree Mama Floyd just told me about, imagining, trying to imagine the pain that her son Benjamin was feeling when they beat him and took him away. Listen to me, child. I want you to remember everything old Joe and me told you. And if you ever run into my Benjamin, you tell him Mama Floyd loves him and that I forget him. Yes, ma'am, I sure will. We sat on the porch for a little while, not saying any, anything, any word to each other. I know she was thinking about the love she still had for her long lost son. Mama Flora, how you knows when you love somebody? What do you mean, child? Like how a ma or pa loved their child or how a child loved his ma or pa? No, like someone you want to be with for the rest of your life. Abigail is a good woman. And when, when you love somebody, you just know inside. It's hard to explain, but you just know it. Mama Flora assumed I was talking about Abigail. I didn't think I should tell her I was talking about Jacob because I didn't know if she could understand or even accept the feelings that I have for her. By now, me and Jacob had become even closer than we were before New Year's. I still didn't understand it, but I just knew that we were in love with each other. I felt it inside, just like Mama Flora said. We continued to ask ourselves how something that felt so good could be so wrong. Mm -hmm. I just love you, Mama Flora. I just didn't think I could ever love anybody again, I said, looking off. Why, child, why would you feel like you can't love nobody? You, you end up loving somebody, and then they either, they either get killed or taken away. Too much pain come with that. I don't even want to feel that pain again. Look at me, child, and I always want you to remember this. People always going to come and go. Don't let that white man or any man stop you from loving somebody. When you stop loving, when you stop when you stop loving, you might as well be dead. You see how mm -hmm. Mama Flora still loves you just like you and my child, don't you? Yes, ma'am, I see. I stood to my feet. I won't stop loving Mama Flora. I'll be back to check on you tomorrow. And don't worry, I heard everything you said. And if I ever sees Benjamin, I will tell him you loved him. I said, and I turned to see Mama Flora's eyes closed. She was resting with her chair slowly rocking back and forth. Mama Flora, you better go on inside the house and get in that bed and get you some rest. Mama Flora didn't answer me, so I walked up to her chair and suddenly stopped rocking. Mama Flora, Mama Flora. I shook her and she didn't respond. Mama, wake up now, wake up. I tried, I tried to wake her, but her eyes still closed. I knew right then and there that she was gone. Tears filled my eyes as I sat down at her feet, hugging the both of them. I couldn't believe that just like that, she was gone. I looked up at the sky and remembered everything that she always told me. And that feeling of peace come over my soul, I knew that Mama Flora was on her way to a better place where she could feel no more pain and sadness. Mama Flora, you're free now. Tell my mom and pa I said hello and that I miss him. A couple of days passed, Abigail, Jacob, Ojo, and almost all the other slaves stood over the freshly covered grave with the two pieces of wood nailed together like a cross at the, at the head of her grave. Mama mm -hmm. Flo was resting now and it was time for us to start our journey to freedom. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you touched on so much in that particular reading, so especially the fact that so many of the Negro spirituals, as they are called, were actually directions towards freedom. Right. right. You know, that's really, really super powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Did anyone else have anything else to say about that reading? No, I'm still there because I'm still I'm still watching him hug uh, Mama Flora's feet. So go ahead. No, I'm totally powerful. I'm still there. So such powerful. Yeah. And the fact that she died after making sure that she encouraged them to take right. this path to freedom. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, for those of you who are watching, that book is filled with moments like this, page after page. So if you do not have it make sure that you enter this contest to to get a copy of this book so send yeah. us an email to he said he said he said live at gmail.com with your name your location your book preference if you have one and where you're listening to he said he said he said right now we'll enter you in and we're going to make sure that we announce the winner before the end of the show yeah. um Vash, I have a quick question. Yes. Dwayne, did you ever get upset? Because I will say, in reading your book, I had to read it at nights when I didn't see people. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't like go out in public with what I just read on my heart. Um, did it upset you in writing these things and, and creating these circumstances, these real, actual live circumstances for uh, these characters? You know, I did. And the thing about it is with writers, it's like you, your characters, they really start to talk to you. Mm. And, and the, the interesting thing that I, I find, there were moments where I had to get up and walk away from a scene that I had just written because it was just, even though I didn't go through it, I, I could feel you it. Feel it. And uh, I, just had to, I just had to walk away from it. But I also feel when I can write a chapter and make you feel what I feel. Yeah. Then I'm taking you on a journey, and that 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 just means a lot to me. Yeah. So Vernon has has this book given you a, a different outlook on, on what on other things that you've experienced before? Um. Or let let, let, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go go ahead and answer that question. Okay, okay. actually, um, it not only gave me a different look between during the time of slavery, but also during the civil rights era, because there were a lot of LGBT Americans that were very prominent during mm -hmm. those those times. Now, I, I know because of doing slavery that that was just taboo, and they probably didn't really talk about it. You didn't really see it. But you knew it. You know it was there because you know gay yeah. men just didn't appear out of the sky, and you know. Yeah. Right. But then um, they don't talk about a lot of contributions that LGBT people made, also during the civil rights. When we talk about Bay, Bay, Bayard Rustin, Bayard Rustin, Bayard you know, Rustin, yes, right, who actually helped organize the March on Washington, yeah, and who worked with closely with Dr. King, and um, and he was. He was he he was out in a private circle, but in the public he was very closed about his sexuality. But the fact that I, he organized the March on Washington, you know, uh, Byard was actually extremely out. As a right. matter of fact, he was the architect of the March on Washington right. and the March on Selma. Mm -hmm. He taught Martin Luther King about um, peaceful protests, and mm -hmm. he was extremely out, which was the oh. reason why the rest of the members of the civil rights movement decided to to sort of 
keep him out of the public limelight because they did not want to associate the civil rights movement with Bayard, who was the big spearhead right. of that. So, I mean, he was extremely out. He had been arrested for lewd conduct mm -hmm. and they thought that that was going to tarnish the movement. So we yeah. have always been at the forefront of civil rights. Right. Right. Um, the women who started Black Lives Matter, the lead one is a lesbian. So we are always, you know, right. And Paula, Paula Murray, uh, back in right. the from Baltimore, mm -hmm. um, who fought for you know gay rights and women's rights, mm -hmm. and then uh, you you you, you got to mention James Baldwin, mm -hmm. you know, um, and his writing, and you know he was out and proud, and mm -hmm. you know, and so you know maybe uh, people will start appreciating and 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 acknowledging. The things that we've done during slavery and during the civil rights era and now yeah well Dwayne, what did you learn about yourself working on this book well it was a book at first that i really didn't want to write because i felt that it was going to be a challenge mm -hmm. and um i've always believed in you know stepping outside the box not, mm. not putting myself in the box and I think one of the things that it taught me was to, to not always take the easy way. Sometimes you got to take on the difficult tasks because those, those are the tasks that are, are really going to have an impact and mean something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that was the biggest thing that I've learned about myself, especially when, you know, when it comes to writing as well. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that I am happy to say that we have this platform and we're able to have these discussions. Mm -hmm. uh, I am very happy. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give the NNPA a plug for allowing us to do this. Mm -hmm. And when the thought when I first read this read your book, the first thing I thought, Vernon, was, you know, black people hold slavery so sacred. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, and they, you know, it's like don't don't say anything. I mean, first of all, slavery was negative within itself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But to talk about uh, hom uh, homosexuality or gay relationships in slavery. Black people just don't want to do that. How did you deal with the risk of writing this book, knowing that black people felt that way and it may not be accepted? Mm. Uh, to me, it makes if it's in your face, it makes people conscious of things that happened that they didn't see. Yeah. You know, um, I think that is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Um, just put it in your face, you know. Um, and, and one thing the one you did, which I loved, and I thought when I was reading it, oh, mm -hmm. this is going to be a love story like a whole just a love story but it was a puzzle it right. had a love story it had historical figures it had past present it had people talking about everything from their parents it had all different types of genres in one and you just didn't make it particularly about a gay relationship right. it just happened to be a gay relationship that happened, happened during right. this time and you did right. that so well you wrote that so well because you remember the kids, uh, I learned about the opium, you know, plant because that was one of the things that Harriet Tugman 
did mm-hmm. when they took kids to freedom, they would give them this type of opium yep. to make, make them sleep. And uh, so, you know, that was one of the things that I found in my research so that I was able to uh, to add in there. Yeah. That is the first time that I've ever heard that in all the stories that I've seen about Harriet Tubman. Yeah. I've, nev- I've never heard that fact. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the safe okay. houses where a certain lantern sits right. in the window. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was learning something. I was like, I can't wait to bring this up in a conversation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, this is why I asked about Philadelphia because I actually, I'm from and am in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and the town where I grew up, Lamont was known for being a, a safe spot along right, the underground right. railroad. So that's why I was wondering where if that had actually come up. Uh, also, it seems like your aunt, Zelma. Hey, yeah. There's a lot of family members on here. <laughs> so hi, Aunt Zelma. Hi, hi thanks Zelma. for tuning in. <laughs> um, when you read the seven novels in addition to Master's Plan, mm-hmm. how does this book differ from your other works? Well, uh, the Arab piece, um, of course. And then the fact that my other novels was things that I could relate to, that I was on this earth that actually happened or that I've seen or that I've heard or uh, went through versus, you know, this was a book that, you know, I, I couldn't even capture the things that people went through. I mean, there's just 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 no way. And um, so I think that was the biggest difference of writing about something that that I wasn't really there to see. And I had to go with based on the, the facts that I actually that I actually have. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Bosh, I noticed my big difference was the book covers. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this you know, book cover is different from all the other. <laughs> and it was planned that way because being, being that it was a uh an era piece, I wanted it to look like that. So I wanted it black and white and I wanted it. Um, I wanted it uh, dated, and then you know you see the blood and the 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 tiredness of the of the slave, and you know and as he's you know it's just like they were tired, but they were determined to be free, you know. So that was so it's almost like Sable, right? As well, opposed the one, to the other book covers, which are sexy. Well, you know. And, and and thinking about the, the choice to use that book cover for the, the master's plan, it almost immediately, it took me back to maybe someone there in that era could have drawn that that picture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was, it was, it was, I thought you gave that a lot of thought and you hit the nail right on the head. Um, well, it took, immediately, it took me into the book. You know, it actually was a buddy of mine, uh, Derek Vaughn. He's actually on Facebook and he's a he's a uh, he's an artist when it comes to painting and stuff. And I told him what my my vision was. And that's what he actually uh, uh, created. All right, Derek Vaughn. Derek Vaughn, you did that thing. If you're looking at he said, he said, he said, we're giving you credit there, Derek Vaughn. OK, we, we're putting your name out there. Um, uh, so Vernon, are you influenced by any other authors that, that are out there right now? Uh, James Baldwin and, um, Elon Harris. Mm-hmm. Elon Harris was, uh, was the second, I think, 
No, I think Elaine Harris was the first one. And then I read James Baldwin, um, uh, Giovanni's Room. Mm -hmm. yes. mm, I love Giovanni's Room. Yes. Oh my God, that was so long ago. I was two years, I think it was two or three years out of high school. I was 19 or 20, 21 or something. Yeah. Well, Elaine cool. Harris was like the the king of, of yeah. well, I'm going to say writing the type of books that you have done prior to a master's plan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say he was the king of books in that in that whole genre mm -hmm. of books. And, um, you know, yes, I read your other books that, that mm -hmm. you've written. But, you know, I'm not going to say that you took anything away from Elin yeah. Harris. I'm going to say yeah. that, you know, you definitely put your um, Dwayne Vernon spin on all those books that you've written, but uh, I can definitely see your your liking and appreciation for his work. Mm -hmm. Dwayne, what do you want your readers to take away from the experience that same-sex relationships did exist back in the days of slavery? Um, maybe that... That sexuality is not a preference mm. and it doesn't limit your greatness and contributions. Yeah. Um, and that's not, and that's actually how I, I, I envision it playing out in America today, mm -hmm. you know, and not with just the master's plan, but with all the other books. Um, so I think I answered that question, right? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you have us right here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. You, okay, have, okay. You, have, you have us in the palm of your hands. Okay. Yes. okay no, okay. that was. <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> and so, the way that you handled that in the book was really remarkable because mm -hmm. you did observe that people were going to have a response. But the book is so much about other love right. that all objections to other love were handled just so beautifully. And right. I commend you. Thank you. And, and there's you know, also another another piece to the book for those of you who are going to go out and buy it and get it. The way he broke up the, um, the section of the book yeah, and the characters right. so that the characters were able to tell their own story. And he meant... I'm talking like your third party. He managed to make that connection throughout the whole book from one person telling the story to the next person. And it just kept connecting and kept yeah. connecting and kept that, that to me also made it an easy read and it drew me in. Yeah. So I commend you on that also, Vernon. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. and I think uh, Nigel mentioned it earlier. And then the one thing that you learn which you might have thought all the time, you don't figure it out until you read the last paragraph in the book. Yeah. And, and going off of that, it was almost biblical. Yeah. Like I yeah. felt like I was reading a biblical story of seeing how whatever you believe in that spiritual being started something in the in the in the beginning and how mm -hmm. everything connects mm -hmm. at the end and is mm -hmm. a part of his plan. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was just so so well done. And like after I read the ending, I was like, "Oh, like here." Uh, <laughs> 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 we, we just got a comment from Keith Jackson. 
um, that he said, uh, I'm sure these things happen. However, in your research, how successful were you in unearthing knowledge of black, single, gay? He's, he's saying same gender loving, but we oh, say oh, gay okay. because same, same gender, gender loving, loving does okay. not really translate because okay. we'll, we'll get into that another show. Okay, okay, okay. All <laughs> but right. he means gay man. Okay, I see, because I, I just say gay men. We don't say same gender loving here, no. We We just say, so I'm sorry. Okay, all right. So is that is that a question that, that you can answer? Uh, well, I don't, you know, my thing of it is, it's like, it's kind of hard to, to unearth something when you don't have, when you just don't know. Mm. But you know that you know that you know. You know what I'm saying? So- right. It's unfortunate that we don't have anything tangible or anything visual that we can actually see. And, and, and the sad part of it, the only visual part that we have is when the white men rape the black male slaves. Mm. So, you know, uh, it's a great question, but I don't, I don't think that would be something you could unearth unless you were living during those times and you had someone to talk about. So, right. Mm, so right. okay. unfortunately, I'm sorry. No, I don't. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, God, you know, this hour just, you know, it just goes by so fast. But, um, Vernon, <laughs> I could definitely just go on and on and on <laughs> because, again, I have read the book. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, but um, as we've been saying all night, great, great, great storytelling, man. Yes. Yeah. I have a question for you. So if your book was to ever become a movie, mm -hmm. knowing oh. that I'm available, what <laughs> three actors would you want to have playing your three lead characters? Uh-oh. Um, um, Sable, Travis Cure. Okay. Do we have a picture? The Oval. Do we have a picture of Tra uh, Travis Cure here? I, I think... I think I think we can find a picture of Travis Cure. Yeah. So you would Travis Cure would play Sable. Sable. Okay. And okay, is it okay? I was honestly thinking the guy from Moonlight for the entire time I was reading this. Uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, Travis is it Travantis something or whatever? It's it's Travis. Tra Travis. Yeah, he would be Travis, a definitely yes. good selection as well. Yeah. Uh, but if when you read the book of the, it talks about how dark his skin was. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to just visualize, you know, who has that complexion that could actually fit. But either one of them could play, but I'm, I'm partial to Travis. Yeah. I don't know him, but I'm partial to him. Well, I, you know, I'm still available, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, okay. You said dark skin. I, I can spend two more weeks in Puerto Vallada and come in and audition for, for, for that role. So okay, okay. I, I I think I concur with um with, with you with with, with uh, Travis. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. And what about Jacob? Uh, William Bryant. He played on uh, Greenleaf. Had the green oh, eyes. Oh yeah. yeah, I can see. Oh, that. with the green eyes, you said. Yeah. Because yeah. um yeah, Jacob had green eyes. Okay. Okay. See. I can see that. See. Mm -hmm. I I can oh I can see it all the way down the street. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Abigail, who we have. Um, Latita Wright, she played in Black Panther. 
Oh, I can see that too. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 I just want to work now on the set. The question is: Is she gonna wear her her um? Is she gonna get her her, her shot? Because you know they've been. Oh yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. What's the story behind that? Yeah. Oh yeah. She doesn't want to get vaccinated. She doesn't want to get vaccinated, so it pushed production back for a long time. She doesn't Mm. believe in vaccination, so they had to come up with some type of compromise with her. But now she is gonna be in the movie. At first, they wasn't even gonna add her inside the Black Panther movie because they wanted to make sure everybody was safe. But now they finally came up with some type of compromise. I don't know what the compromise is, but she's not going to be in the Black Panther movie. What, they they, they put a, a, a a condom on her or something? What, what did they do? <laughs> they her and gave it oh, arms no. and said, you know. No, like, no, maybe a space helmet a or something. Space, or exactly. like, she's what? always in a separate room. What is going on? Okay, see, I know that that's a whole nother show right there. I didn't know that. But come on, people. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, look, I just want to work on set. Okay. Right. If if this become which I think it should be a movie, I think it should be a screenplay. I've been saying it for years. And I'm telling you guys, when you read this book, you can definitely see it on the silver screen. Mm. Or on Broadway. Ooh, I'll I take that too. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I yes, thought of yes. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I yes. Y'all, y'all know anybody? No. <laughs> well, you know, don't let don't let me go in my resource box because <laughs> you know I keep it close, but I only open it for people I like. So okay, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But but Vernon, um, this brings us to the end of our you know our discussion with you, man. And I just want to mm-hmm. say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And just to let you know, we do have connections. We know the person who is in charge of Black Men on Broadway, which is a nonprofit organization that can connect you up with a plethora Mm. of Black men on Broadway who are worthy of starring in this. So absolutely, most definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, we can hook you up. Mr. Anthony Wayne, is that... uh, Anthony Wayne? His name is Anthony Wayne. And yes. he is, yes, yeah. absolutely. So if you want to, to do this on Broadway, we can connect you with someone. Who okay. Can I, and I get him a copy of the book, you know. Get no a reading problem. together, what have you. If you need, yes, yeah. yes, we can work and, this out for you. And for actually, just a small fee. And, and, <laughs> a small, but, um, <laughs> Anthony Wayne, um, if, if you're familiar, Vernon, he also, uh, with his with his ex-partner, they wrote um, Sylvester, the, the play Mighty Real. That was, oh, okay. that was, uh, that he, he did that, which was traveling for, for a while. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, he did Mighty Real and a Soul for Christmas. So um, thank you, Vosh. Mm-hmm. That, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah. can we tell people about our giveaway? We need you to go to our, our, our Gmail account. Uh, he said, he said, he said live at gmail.com and put a master's plan in the comment section and provide your name and address and you could win an autographed copy of uh, the master's plan or Vernon has a new book that's coming out, ladies and gentlemen, called Counterpunch, okay? This dude will not just, will just not, he will not stop writing. So um, his book Counterpunch is also, is we're introducing it to you, okay? He has two books and he is giving uh, 
five copies away, three of the um, uh, two of the master's plan and three and three of counterpunch, one per person. So please go to our he said he said he said live at Gmail page and provide your information and you could be a lucky winner and we will uh, uh, give you a shout next week. And I will autograph. And all day long. And Dwayne, I'm and assuming that counterpunch is way different. <laughs> just looking at the cover, I'm assuming. Yeah, just, I mean, just to give it a little, if I got a second, actually, I always put gay characters in positions that you would never see them in. So counterpunch, you know, like Muhammad Ali is the, the, the world champion uh, boxer. Well, Cesar in my novel is the world champion. And he's gay, but he's worried about his what people would think if that came if that comes out. And what year does it take? And, and place it is a thriller. It is a thriller. What year does it take place in? Um, probably about maybe five years ago. Okay. So it's current. It's it's it's, it's current. Yeah, it's okay. current. Well, you guys, one more thing to add. Next week is our anniversary show, February the twenty fifth. He said, he said, he said live would have been coming to you for a, a year, one whole year. And we cannot have done, we could not have done this without the viewers. You guys have been motivating us and encouraging us to do what we do every Friday at 7 p.m. You don't have to be here, but you have been here. And we are celebrating our anniversary show next week. So you got to tune in. You got to, you got to, got. there are so many surprises for next week. And we are so fortunate to have you guys. Please tune in for our anniversary show next week. Vash or Nigel, anything you guys want to say before I, I close out the show about our anniversary show next week? No, just can't encourage people enough to send us their email, regardless of whether you are listening to this live, whether you are listening or watching on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook, or whether you're listening on the podcast. Send us an email at he said, he said, he said live at gmail.com because we will be announcing winners for the five books on our anniversary show. I just heard the sadness in Philip's like message. I was. did. I did. I did. <laughs> looking at the emails. I'm looking at the emails right now and I do not see your emails. So you did not send an email to he said, he said, he said live at gmail.com because I am looking at our emails right now and you are not one of them, my sweet. So and, and the subject line, the subject line is a master's plan. Okay, that's the subject line. So oh, we're going to close out our words of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Stories have to be told or they die. Mm -hmm. And when they die, we can't remember who we are or why we're here. That was by Sue, a Sue Monk Kid. Uh, and she, Sue Monk Kid, also is the author of The Secret Life of Bees, ladies and gentlemen. So oh. thank you for, for joining us tonight. Um, thank you, Vernon, for sharing with us the master's plan. Um, extraordinary work. Thank you, really thank you, good. thank you, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, please stay safe and hopefully you will join us next week when we are on our next episode of He Said. He Said. He Said. He Said. He Said. He said. <laughs> good night. Y'all have a good night. <laughs>